me to read a passage of scripture before he speaks, so if you turn over to Mark chapter 4 and verse 35, we'll read these few verses from the gospel according to Mark chapter 4, beginning at verse 35 to the end of the chapter. Mark 
Mark chapter 4, verse 35. On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But as he was in the stern asleep on a pillow, and they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? May God bless the reading of his word. Good morning. Am I on? Uh, may God bless the reading of the verses we heard. Uh, what time is the Super Bowl today? <laughs> you got the message. We have to finish before 3.17, right? <laughs> you are pressuring me. That's a burden. The uh, two teams that are playing today, they're supposed to be the best in football. And they have been conditioned to compete today for the prize. I suspect each team tried to get ready. If uh, you are involved in sports, you know what it takes to have a team ready to play all for six months and uh, to come to that hour to compete for the prize. The players are asked and exhorted to forget the outside world. Forget if you have any problems, forget it. If you have any distraction, not to think about it and concentrate on the game because a lot is thrown in that game. Our Reputation, the coaches, I'm sure, they are brainwashing these players and telling them, just cut the outside world and just concentrate on the game. I believe they do that. I wasn't involved, I'm not involved, but they do that. And I asked you this morning, by the Spirit of God, that we cut our thoughts from the outside world. And let's concentrate on what God has for us this morning. Dean read from the Bible about 
that little journey, Jesus with the disciples. And it was a journey on a raging sea. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us go over to the other side. I want to talk today about a call that Jesus made. He said, let us set sail. Will that do for those people who have boats and uh, go fishing? Let us set sail. There's a lot at stake. In the spiritual world, the Christian is called to set sail. You Christians, we as a family of God, and I hope every family of God in the many churches that we have here and around the world are called to travel this raging sea with the Lord Jesus Christ. When we were called, we were not called to travel alone. Because the promise was, I will never leave you, what? And nor forsake you. We are called to travel with him. And this is why his call this morning, he said, the very first word, he says, let us go over to the other side. Remember this word, let us set sail. I want to talk about the call that Jesus made. And this call has a lot of meaning in it. The very first thing he was telling them, cut the rope. Cut the rope or untie the boat, whichever they do. We are exhorted by this call to throw off everything that hinders us. Christians, this morning, I want to ask you to listen to the word of God. Cut everything that hinders you in the walk with Jesus Christ. He called, the writer to the Hebrews called the Christians there and asking them to lay aside every encumbrance. Encumbrance is a hindrance. Every hindrance and the sin which so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the running backs today are going to run with endurance. They better. <laughs> they better. Otherwise, they will lose. And this is why we're called to run with endurance. In, all, in other words, if you feel tired, don't give up. And the Lord is saying, do not give up this morning. Whoever you are in your seat, the Lord is calling his first call, do not give up. And come, as we heard two weeks ago, Dean saying, come and follow me. Come with me. Let's take the boat on the sea of life and let's go over to the other side. You know one thing, the journey is almost over and the boat is going regardless of what's happening, and sure, we shall reach the other side. Christians, believers in Jesus Christ, 
Say hallelujah to that. May God, we are going to reach that place. And those who do not know the Lord Jesus as Savior, there is still time, not plenty of time. Because I don't know when he is going, your number is going to, as they say, your number is going to come up. I don't know. You don't know. No one knows. You are on this journey. And maybe it's been a good journey. Maybe it's been a so-so journey. But I know one thing. The journey with Jesus is always a good journey. So what we are called for is to cut the rope. Athletes, when they compete, like today, they don't know, they don't go to the arena or the field, okay, with all kinds of clothes on them. They only wear what they need to do for the game. In other words, they have nothing with them to tie them down. They have nothing on them to tie them down. They travel light. They run light. I read about some athletes in the, in the, during the Greek games, okay, they used to run with bare-chested and a, 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 simple, a simple cover on them because they wanted to run so light to win the race. And as Christians, let's throw everything off board. Jesus is calling us to throw everything. Where is our hearts? Where are our hearts? Where is your heart? Where is my heart? Are we with him? Did we cut that rope? Did we leave everything behind? Did we leave our sins behind? You know, sin is crippling. You get paralyzed if you are in sin. You are paralyzed if you are in sin. And unless you leave it and hear the master making the call, leave everything and let us cross to the other side. It's an invitation. It's an invitation by the creator of this world, by your creator and mine. He says, come, I want to go with you. I want to go and walk with you on this journey of life. It's going to be dangerous, but when I am with you, you are going to be protected. Though I walk in the shadow of the valley of death, I fear no evil because thou art with me. And this is why you're not alone. You are not alone and we are not alone. And the writer to the Hebrews is not thinking of a sharp sprint, just sprint 100 miles. It's going to be three and a half hours of non-stop work this afternoon, non-stop working. He is looking at a race that requires endurance and persistence. And our race is maybe long and maybe short now. We don't know. That's the point. But we are asked to run with endurance. We are asked to go with him and never give up. Determination should be our motto. 
let us go. Not for a little fishing journey. You go a little bit far from the shore and you do your fishing and you come back. He said, we're crossing. And that's what the heroes of faith did in their day. They continued to work and work and work hard and walk with him. And to that, we are called. Cut the rope. Let us set sail. I want to ask each and every one, as a Christian, did you untie the rope? Are you clear? Are you free to say, Lord, here I am. Take me wherever you go. I am with you. As long as it is your voice I am hearing, I am going to walk with you. I am going to follow you. I am going to be with you until we reach the other shore. That was the call. Let us go to the other shore. Christians, look with a big smile on your face. And remember, you are not called to go perish in the sea of life. You are not called to go and die and forget about all this life. You are called to reach the other shore. It's not a short journey. It's not to get lost in the middle of the sea. Let us set sail. What a word. Jesus asking the disciples, let us set sail. And they did. And thank God each and every one followed. The second call that we hear from the master after he says, cut the ropes. So I say, before I go any further, if there's anything entangling you in this life, cut it. You cannot be a Christian. You cannot be a man or a woman of God following Jesus and walking with him and sti still you are harboring sin in your life. Throw it out. Give it to the Lord. Say, Lord, I've been trying, but I couldn't overcome this habit. Guess what? Go on your knees and say, Lord, I put it at the altar before you. Relieve me and set me free. And guess what? He will relieve you and he will set you free. You cannot go into that boat with still carrying some luggage with you. Take the excess baggage and throw them off board and follow the Lord Jesus Christ and ride that boat with him because this is a boat that is being skippered, if I may say, by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And you are going to reach your destination. You are going to reach that place walking Entering heaven, and then you will look back and say, I am glad I gave up everything for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I, may I speak to the unsaved people this morning. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, and there is anything that's still holding you from giving your life to Jesus Christ, I beg you this morning, say, I give up this habit. I give up this thing. I give up that thing that is so close to my heart. I don't know what it is. It could be something that you are harboring. 
and you're hiding and you are a slave too this morning. No, rather this afternoon. I ask you to say, Lord Jesus, I hear the call. I want to be in your boat. I hereby throw it away and I trust you to give me victory over that sin. Jesus is calling. He's making an invitation. Let us set sail. What a lovely voice to say. Come on all together. Let us go. I want to protect you. I want to be with you. I want to save you as a sinner. I want to uh, reward you as a Christian who's accepted me as savior. And I want to give you life. And life eternal. I want to take you to the other side. And there you shall see my place and you shall visit not as a visitor you shall live with me forever and ever that's the invitation to his place cut the rope let us set sail one thing he's asking us to do again also he says leave your comfort zone does it ring a bell a little bit here this was the call to the disciples of all. Leave the seashore and the daily routine and family and friends and follow me. This was the call. This meant leaving friends also. Leaving home for a while also. And venturing in the land not knowing what awaits them. But remember who made the call. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. Abraham received this call. Knock, knock. Abraham was living in a comfort zone. He had his chaise long, sitting by the seashore and enjoying life. Yeah, Ed. And having, having time, I said, hey, this is, this is nice here. The Ur of the Chaldeans is nice. Knock, knock. Abraham. Leave Ur, leave your country, leave your comfort zone, your, leave your chaise long, leave your seashore, and come and follow me. I am going to take you to a place where I have prepared for you. What did Abraham do? He picked himself up, looked at the chaise long, and said, I am not going to carry it. He who called me will give me a better one. He who called me to leave my country, to leave my life, to leave everything, is going. He told me, invited me to go to his country, to a country that is a wonderful country, that is a fruitful country, a country that is filled with honey and milk and all kinds of fruits and a better life. He picked up himself. He received that call. And what? He obeyed the call. This is the secret word of Abraham. He obeyed the call. And he did not need anyone to drag him out of there. But he followed. And you know after he followed, what happened to Abraham? Quiz, test, what happened to Abraham? He became a great nation. Did he become a great nation? Oh. He became a great nation. And to prove it, we are. We are from Abraham. He's our father. We are from this man. God may be trying to lead you to a place 
of greater service and usefulness for him. Do not delay to obey the call. As a Christian, God is calling you for a better life. Do not delay to obey the call. God is calling you for a better service. Do not delay to obey the call. God is calling you to move from a life of distress, life of agony, life of poor life, to a richer life in Jesus Christ. Do not delay to obey the call. And if you do not know the Savior this morning, if you do not know Jesus as your Savior, I ask you this morning, if he is calling you to come, I want to make you a different man, a different woman. I want to save you. I want to save you. Do not delay to obey the call. Do not say tomorrow. Do not say after I leave. Do not say when I go home, I will pray. Pray where you are. Pray in your seat. Say, Lord Jesus, I want to obey your call. Take me, change me, make me a new man and save me and send me over to preach the gospel and to tell the world what a great savior I have. Leave your comfort zone. You know, don't let the comfort, don't let the security of your present position make you miss God's plan for you. Don't make that mistake. We heard the song that Jennifer sang today. I have a plan for you. Isn't it? Don't you trust God that his plan is better than your plan? You know, I have made plans in my life and they just... How many times he says, we're going to do this in June, we're going to go on vacation, we're going to do this and this and this and that. And God did not make it happen. It all backfired on us, didn't it? But when God makes a plan for your life, it's a plan for now and it is a plan for eternity. It's not only a plan that will work for a couple of Days or a couple of months or a couple of years. When God touches your life, he touches your life and changes it and gives you plan forever. I'm talking from the Bible. Every word. What's his plan? What is his plan? Can we answer it from the Bible? Yes, we can. What's his plan for my life? I've been miserable. I've been stricken. I've had my share of sadness. I have, I've had my share of disappointments. I've, we've had our share, uh, share as a family. I want, what is his plan for you? Let me tell you one thing. He is addressing those persons who have given their life to the Lord Jesus Christ and trusted him with it. He says, I have a better plan for you. I know the plans. We heard the song. It's from Jeremiah. I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. He has the master plan. He which is not to harm you, but to prosper you. How about that? How about this promise? Christian, you can rest in Jesus Christ. Rest and get that chaise long and sit on it. And meditate and say, Lord, thank you. You have a plan for me. My plans backfire. My plans did not work. I give you my life. I give you all the keys. And 
Here I am. Make the plans for me because your plans are totally different and they are better. And as a non-Christian, I call you this morning, since all your plans did not work, maybe some worked. Trust God to take your life and chart a new plan for you because his plan will be good for now and good for eternity. His plan will be to reach the other side, which is heaven, and to take you to be with him and to enjoy life and life eternal. That's his plan. So leave that comfort zone. Leave that comfort zone. Are you comfortable where you are? As a non-Christian, as a person who did not yet experience the Lord as your Savior, are you comfortable? No. You're afraid. Uh, You you hear someone saying, okay, uh, the end of the world is coming. No, no. Don't, don't tell me about that. The Lord is coming soon. I don't want to hear about this. You hear about someone who died. I said, don't give me, give me happy thoughts. Don't tell me about someone who died. You are afraid. You hear about calamities. And what do we hear? Do we, have, do we hear good news nowadays? I can't see them in the paper. I can't see them on television. I can't see them on the radio. I can't hear them on the radio. I can't see anything. That is good news. But one who has good news. His radio is always good news. His plasma television is always good news. His, his uh, uh, new television pro- is good news. I have gone to make a place for you. And you are going to be with me forever and ever. And guess what? Regardless of the storms of life that you experience, we are going to reach the other shore. Is your comfort zone in a place where you have been tortured day and night? God is asking you to leave it. And you know, another person was called. Lot was called to leave Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot, Lot has, he, he became the mayor of Sodom. He was sitting in, there at the gate of, the, of Sodom. And the Lord sent two angels to rescue him. Because he cared for him. But By force, they took him out. And on the way, he told them not to look back. Not to look back. Leave your comfort zone. Don't look back. Don't even say bye-bye. Just run. Just escape. And Mrs. Lot, She had no name. Lot's wife, they called her. She looked back. And what happened? She became a pillar of salt. Because her heart was still in Sodom. Though she was going and to escape through the escape route that the Lord has prepared, her heart was still in Sodom. You can say, I want to walk with Christ, but your heart is still in the world. It's not going to work. This is why you're tortured. You say, I want to follow Jesus. I want to be with you. But your heart is still in the world. This is not going to work. You are going to be tortured. She became a pillar of salt. You are not, you cannot put together the world and Jesus Christ. He condemned this world. 
He cannot make peace with it. He came to die for the sinners, and he came to rescue you and me. And thank God we have been rescued. And we are sailing on the sea of life in his boat. Why don't we obey him? Why don't we accept the challenge? Why don't we say, Lord Jesus, take me with you, and let's get up and follow. The third point. We said the first, the call had cut the rope. Now, leave your comfort zone. Okay? The third one. Move forward. Move forward. Through the journey, we must bear in mind not to let up. Not to let up. There be storms. We read a storm was raging. And they were afraid and said, we are going to die. It's the end. Don't you? They started. Who, where was Jesus? He was sleeping. He was resting. He never sleeps. I read a, a, <laughs> I read a little note about the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, he's blessed with, his, with insomnia. I never thought of that. He is, he has, is one of his characteristics, he has insomnia. He never sleeps. We sleep. And when we sleep, his eyes are open to watch over you and me. He never gave up on us. Can you imagine, Christian, if he gave up on you, where would you be today? How many times I, I asked him to come into my heart before I played games. I was a young man and said, Lord Jesus, accept me. I, I, please, I'm a sinner. Take me and change me. And next day, good. The day after, half good. The day afterwards, I go back to the world. I played these games. But he never let up on me. He never gave up on me. And this is when I came to him. The last time I came to him with tears. I said, Lord Jesus, take my life. I give you my life. I want to move forward in my life. He said, Adolf, come to me. And for, for 50 years I've been walking with him. There wasn't a day that wasn't a beautiful day. Regardless of the storms, regardless of the experiences, when they were over, he increased my faith and he encouraged me. And I'm still walking with him. And guess what? I'm not holding him. He's holding me. And if you find a stronger arm than his, I will give you that one and say, well, I'm going to slip. But his arm is the strongest and his hand is the greatest. And I am in his arms until we reach the other shore. Are you? Move forward. We should look away from every object that stifles us. We should move. Lack of mobility is a detriment to a Christian life. How many Christians you know, they accepted the Lord and they are still the same people since day one. They were born, 
They're babes, and they're still babies now. Can you imagine a baby who's born and stays baby after five years? You will go to all the doctors in the world. You will check the children's hospital, every children's hospital. This baby is still, looks like two days old. This is not a good baby. A good baby is a baby that grows and grows to be a young man and then mature in Jesus Christ. Growth, growth, lack of mobility. We should be going forward. Let's stay where you are. If God saved you two months, three months, six months ago, he needs to see fruits in you. And he needs to see you growing and going forward and living for him. I saw a picture on a, a good manager, very good manager. In fact, he was the one who hired me to work where I used to work at IBM. And on the wall, a man on a bicycle. But the bicycle, he has one foot, he's sitting on the bicycle, one foot on the floor. You know, when you stop your bicycle, you're like this and holding. And, and underneath, there's this inscription. I tried to remember it. If you are not moving, you are going backward. Do you know I still remember it since 25 years? If you are moving, you're going backward. That means everybody is passing you by. Let's go forward. The shore may be good. And security there. Let's go forward. We need not to be stagnant. Stagnant waters. You know what happens in stagnant waters. You can't drink it, can you? Try to drink it, you get sick. If you don't die. We cannot be stagnant Christians. We have to go forward with the Lord Jesus Christ. He was here for 33 years. He did not have one single minute where he sat down. Until, unless when he took his disciples to sit down and rest them for a little while because they got tired. But he never got tired by, of service, of doing what he was supposed to do. And he went to the cross and died for you and me and still going forward until he go to heaven. And he wants us to go forward and work for him and continue the journey until we reach the other shore. We should never be at a standstill. Remember the Israelites before the Red Sea? They stopped at a standstill. We cannot cross. They looked back. Oh, that's the most dangerous thing is for a Christian to start looking back. What did Paul say? I forget. Forget what is behind. I will never look back. Whether it's, we say, hey, no, but these were good days back. Well, don't lose time looking back. Don't lose time on looking at your achievements. These achievements are gone for eternity. Look forward. Look forward. There's a crown. There's a prize. You are going to reach. There's a championship at stake. And you're going to reach it. Don't look back. If you look back, you might see the waves. You might see something that disturbs you. Just if the Lord put your life under the blood, your life 
is covered. Why do you want to bring it back? I had, I received a phone call this week. I didn't plan on putting this. I received a phone call this week from a, a man who used to be in our church 20 years ago. And he says, my pastor and you and I would like you to meet you with you and Sylvia and have dinner. I said, well, I would like to know that I forgot who he likes, how he likes, how he looks like, this young man. I called him. And he said, uh, I said, oh, you remember me? I said, no, yeah, vaguely, I do. And uh, I said, let your pastor call me because he wanted to invite us to dinner. So his pastor called me. That's less this week. He said, you remember so and so? I said, yes, I do remember. I'm his pastor. We'd like to get together. Because when he was in your church, he had a problem. And uh, he left because you did not attend to his problem. I said, yeah, what was his problem? He said, he kept telling you that I need to go. He was, he, by the way, he had a problem getting saved. He was never a saved person. And he was going to a psychiatrist. I said, you don't need a psychiatrist. You need Jesus Christ. That's what I told him. Right, Sylvia? That's what I told him. You need Jesus Christ. He said, but I want to go to a psychiatrist. So he left the church unhappy because I did not help him. I said, I'm not a psychiatrist. I will never study to be a psychiatrist. And uh, etc. <laughs> this is the church of God. Etc. So uh, he said, well, he, he, he didn't leave on good terms. And because you did not uh, support his psychiatric uh, thing. And he said now after 20 years, he's feeling better. And he wants to reconcile the past. I said he wants to go 20 years back to reconcile the past. This was psychiatry. Psychiatry does you. Tell me about your father. Tell me about your mother. You forgot about that. Tell me about your past. My past is 50 years old, you want me to tell me. And they start digging, and they start getting more psychiatrical problems. Do I need to go further? Don't look back. The Lord Jesus Christ, he said, I save you now. I am forgiving you your past. I am forgiving you your present. And I am securing your future. Why should I look back? Let's move forward, folks. Let's move forward, Jesus Christ. When he saved us, when he saved you, did he tell you to list, make me a list of the past? Make me a list of what you have done? He said, all you have done is under the blood. Unsaved person, you, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, all you have done, say, Adol, I have done this. I don't want to hear it. Jesus doesn't want to hear it. All what Jesus wants to hear is... I am a sinner. I come to you. I accept you as my savior. Please save me. Where's the past? And he said, go with peace. You are saved. Does it take more than that? No past. Your past will be under the blood. Your present in your hand. And the future is secured forever. Rejoice. And this is the invitation I would like to ask you. Go forward. Let us set sail. Let us walk with Jesus. Let us go in his boat. And you know what? I want to tell you something. A storm will come. Some disappointments will come. And since when? 
we give up on Jesus if we're disappointed. He is there to help us. He is there to secure us. He's there to take us in his arms and say, don't you worry. I've been there before you. I went to the cross before you. And he mends your broken heart. And he takes your life and changes it. If you have, if you have lost a lot in this life, with Jesus, you are going to be a winner. With Jesus, you're going to make the Super Bowl today. With Jesus, he's going to secure your life and give you eternal life and give you hope that the future is not in the deep sea. The future is on the other side. Let me say this. Whatever happens in your life, let me leave you with this. A storm with Christ is better than a calm without him. Take that. Go forward. Cut the rope. Cut anything that is hindering you from coming and going in his boat. Oh, oh, have you have you experienced that? Leave your comfort zone. It's not a comfort zone. It's it's a life from the devil. And let's go forward in the boat of Jesus Christ. A question I want to leave with you. Did they reach the other shore? They didn't sing? They did not sing. Huh, David? They did not sing. You will not sing with Jesus. You will swim. In fact, his, un his arms will be underneath and his eyes will be upon you. And he who touches you, he says, will touch the apple of my eye. Take that to the bank and cash it. Let's bow our heads for prayers.